0: Each episode of Keys for SLPs has an accompanying audio course on speechtherapypd.com, registered for 0.1 ASHA CEUs. A special coupon code is available for listeners of this podcast. Type the word KEYS for $20 off an audio course subscription. This audio course subscription gives access to all existing and new audio courses from speechtherapypd.com. With more than 200 hours of audio courses on demand and new courses released weekly, it is only $59 per year with the code KEYS. Visit go.speechtherapypd.com slash KEYS for more information and start earning ASHA CEUs today. Hello, welcome to KEYS for SLPs, a weekly audio course and podcast from speechtherapypd.com, exploring keys for speech-language pathologists to better serve clients throughout the lifespan. I'm your host, Mary Beth Hines, SLP and Certified Orofacial Myologist experienced in rehab, outpatient, school, and private practice settings. As a curious SLP who embraces lifelong learning, I'm excited to discuss information to help you excel as a professional. Keys for SLPs brings you experts in the field of speech-language pathology, as well as collaborative professionals and caregivers, to discuss practical therapy strategies, research, challenges, triumphs, and career opportunities. Engage with a range of practitioners, from young innovators to pioneers in the field of speech-language pathology, as we discuss a wide variety of topics to help the inspired clinician thrive. Welcome! Thanks for joining us on Keys for SLPs for this episode Keys to an Interdisciplinary Whole Health Approach to Treating Veterans with TBI. Before we get started, here are the financial and non financial disclosures. Mary Beth Hines is the host of Keys for SLPs and receives compensation from SpeechTherapyPD.com. Amy Banks is a physical therapist employed by the Cincinnati VA Medical Center. She does not receive compensation from SpeechTherapyPD.com for this episode. She is currently the membership chair of the Physical Therapy Association Federal Physical Therapy Section. Laura Klug is an SLP employed by the Cincinnati VA Medical Center. She does not receive compensation from SpeechTherapyPD.com for this episode. We would like to thank Amy, Laura, and the Cincinnati VA Medical Center for their in-kind support providing this content free of charge. And now, here's a little bit about our guest today. Amy Banks is a physical therapist and board certified neurologic clinical specialist serving as the clinical director of the neurologic PT residency at the Cincinnati Veterans Affairs Medical Center. As a certified brain injury specialist, Amy works on an interprofessional team treating veterans with mild to moderate brain injuries. Amy is an adjunct instructor in the physical therapy department at the University of Cincinnati's College of Allied Health. She has served two terms as the secretary on the board of the American Physical Therapy Association Federal Physical Therapy Section and currently is the membership chair. Amy received an Emerging Leader Award from the APTA in 2016 and a Distinguished Alumni Award from the University of Cincinnati in 2017. Laura Klug is a speech-language pathologist and TBI polytrauma program manager at the Cincinnati VA Medical Center. She graduated from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, with her BA in 2005 and her MA in speech-language pathology in 2007, and has worked at the Cincinnati VA Medical Center since 2007. Laura provides leadership to an interdisciplinary team of rehabilitation professionals, mentors, speech-pathology students, and fellows. As a certified brain injury specialist, she has expertise in rehabilitation for neurocognitive disorders, and her primary area of clinical practice is clinical rehabilitation for veterans with traumatic brain injury. Welcome, Amy and Laura.
1: Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having us.
0: Well, we are so happy to have you here today, and it's been fun to get to know you and talk about this topic. So let's dive in. So, your team uses an interdisciplinary approach to treating veterans with TBI with polytrauma. Will you define what is meant by polytrauma?
1: Absolutely. Polytrauma is one incident where two traumas occur that impact multiple body parts or systems. So, particularly in our clinic at the Cincinnati VA, Our patients coming to us have sustained a traumatic brain injury in addition to having another co-occurring medical condition, meaning musculoskeletal injuries, PTSD, auditory and visual impairments, burns. We deal with some traumatic amputations chronic pain issues, other mental health issues. So, all our patients we see had a history of traumatic brain injury in addition to some other injury as well in that one instance. And so, Our clinic hosts, you know, veterans that are complex with with a lot of needs, so we really try to have a, a great interdisciplinary team approach to address their psychosocial, behavioral, physical, cognitive, and emotional needs.
0: Well, thank you for that clarification and explanation. Now, just to clarify, your clinic is an outpatient clinic, is that
1: correct? Correct. So, there are various levels of polytrauma care within the Veterans Health Administration System. So, the Polytrauma System of Care is a resource that's in the handout, and that's a website if if folks would like more information. But we in Cincinnati, our polytrauma clinic is a support clinic level, and that means that we are a comprehensive interdisciplinary outpatient clinic. So, we do not offer inpatient rehabilitation.
0: Okay. So, if a veteran required inpatient rehabilitation, where would they go?
1: So, depending on their time of injury, or they might see somebody in the community, but our system of care offers transition between the levels of care, and we have social work and nurse case managers that can ease the transition between our various polytrauma centers within the nation.
0: Within the nation. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. So, can you describe the clinical operations of the TBI polytrauma clinic at the Cincinnati VA Medical Center?
1: Sure. So, our whole goal is to provide individualized care to veterans coming in who have sustained a brain injury. And we have what what we call clinical reminders for any post-9-11 era veteran coming into the VA for services. And so the first instance, they come into the VA, providers will get a reminder that says the TBI screen needs to be completed. And if they answer yes to a series of of four questions in that TBI screen, they then get a consult to uh, the TBI polytrauma clinic for further comprehensive evaluation. And so, as soon as they step foot, we try to capture them because, you know, there were a lot of service members that either weren't treated or weren't identified initially when they were in combat and they received a brain injury. And so, you know, we're trying to catch all of them coming through our doors now with that clinical reminder. And so, once they get referred to our clinic, a comprehensive TBI evaluation is completed by either one of our two providers. We have a physiatrist and a nurse practitioner who complete those comprehensive TBI evaluations. And we also have multiple other people who will get referrals after the initial evaluation. And those providers are an audiologist, a physical therapist, Amy here on our team. We have another speech pathologist on our team, occupational therapy. We have voc rehab. We have a neuropsychologist, and we have a social work case manager. And so we offer a lot of services just within our team that they can, after they're fully evaluated, our providers can refer to, and so they manage their care and kind of take the reins there.
0: Excellent. That sounds like a really comprehensive team. And will you just clarify what voc rehab is? I think most of our listeners are familiar with all the other specialties.
1: Sure. Vocational rehab is our specialists who help our veterans find not only work placements or education placements, but help them be successful in those placements. We right now are involved actually in an interesting initiative. It's a supportive employment initiative where the veteran is followed very closely on in their job by the voc rehab specialist in order to make sure that their job, any accommodations are given that they need, and make sure they're successful in their placements. Excellent. Such
0: an important resource. Okay, so who are your primary clientele?
1: So, the majority of the the veterans that come through our doors are our mild traumatic brain injury patients, and they're the post 9-11 era but we see all era veterans. So, we do see some falls, motor vehicle accidents. Anyone who has had a brain injury and is in need of post-acute outpatient services, any veteran is welcome to come see us. But the majority are mild traumatic brain injury. So, the moderate and severe folks, while we do see them, they are fewer than the, the mild population that we see.
0: Okay. Now, do they need a referral to come?
1: So we get referrals like the other era veterans outside of post 9-11 do need referrals to see us. But uh they can get a referral from anyone in the medical center, their primary care physician, if they are seeing their mental health provider. It's very easy. And if they have any questions, we do have a case manager or you know, our clinic is open um, to just call our clinic and, and they can walk you through what you need to do in order to see us.
0: Good, good. So so important to serve our veterans. It's it's wonderful for us people who Aren't familiar with the Veterans Administration to learn about all these different services to serve those who have served our country, and we are close to Veterans Day, so this is kind of a, a timely podcast.
1: Yeah, Veterans Day is tomorrow. It's it's exciting, you know. We all the the vets that I I saw today, I just took an extra special care to make sure to thank them for their service, and you know, and wish them a happy Veterans Day. Well, thank you for doing that, and thank you for doing
0: what you're doing. So people can obviously come to the clinic, but can they also get services through telepractice?
1: Absolutely, and you know, we um, had a a big switch in the modality of care once COVID hit. Like probably a, a lot of settings did. We had the majority of our visits were face to face visits, and all of our clinicians that I mentioned initially on our team, they were all telehealth ready. So when COVID hit, we were ideally set up to just kind of transition our our care to telehealth. And so oh, that's wonderful. For for a while there, we were were only bringing folks in who needed hands-on care. And so the um, people who were getting battlefield acupuncture for their headaches or Botox for their headaches from our, from our MD, they were coming in for in-person visits. But a lot of us could provide the services through telehealth without needing hands-on care. So we were one of the few clinics that, you know, didn't really see a dip in our numbers as far as the veterans getting care, because we were able to quickly transition to 100% telehealth. And right now, as it stands, we're still probably around 80% of our care is is given via telehealth. Because what we noticed is a lot of our veterans, even given the option to come back into the facility, prefer to be seen through telehealth. You know, they don't need to drive to the hospital, take that commute time. They don't need to have the stress of trying to find a parking spot, which can be very difficult to do. <laughs> they don't need the stress of coming into a medical center, a big building, and a lot of people have the white coat syndrome and just anxiety about coming to get services. So, it, you know, telehealth really removes all of that. And while we do have, you know, technical snafus here and there, it really works out well for our clients, and they they really like it. Well, that is really good to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, Amy might be able to add here as well because a physical therapist. You think how would a physical therapist do telehealth? Exactly.
0: I mean, I think we all have a good understanding of how speech language pathology services work through telehealth. But tell us, Amy, how does physical question. therapy work when you actually <laughs> can't, can't touch? <laughs> can't physically touch.
2: In fact, our scheduler will tell me sometimes when when scheduling, you know, patients will ask, oh, I can do physical therapy over telehealth. And of course, they're happy about it, but you curious about that. So, I think it really does depend on what kind of physical therapy you're providing. And here um, in the TBI clinic, like Laura mentioned with mild traumatic brain injury, a lot of patients that I see have headaches and telehealth is a great way to provide that care because a lot of it is education. So, really listening to what Lifestyle factors and things. So, there can be a lot of education provided over the telehealth. And then for stretches and things like that, you know, I can show them through demonstration over video. And then I have a great platform that I use where I can send them exercises with videos so they can get that through their email so they can watch the videos and, and do their exercises that way. So, that's been pretty great. Um, and then there are different tools and things that I can mail them as well. So, it's actually been really great to provide physical therapy over telehealth. I think it's here to stay, and I think it's a good thing.
0: Well, good, good. And it sounds like you get a little bit of a workout with all those demonstrations.
2: <laughs> I guess. How's my posture right now? So yeah, <laughs> work on that. My knee flips, straight. Exactly.
0: All right. Well, will you share some examples of how you collaborate on shared goals when working with a patient with TBI?
2: Yeah. So that's great. It kind of transitions to what we were just talking about. So kind of circling back a little bit to what Laura was talking about as far as our team members, we have an interdisciplinary team and we meet weekly. So we meet actually, we also converted to meeting over teams now, which has has been great. So we meet once a week. And we have a list of veterans to discuss, so each week our coordinator pulls that up for us and we we prepare ahead of time to discuss those patients. You can also bring a patient to the table if there's something that you want to collaborate with a little bit more. So we have that regular contact with each other, which is really important. And then just kind of building on that, you know, when, when we talk about, and later maybe we can give more examples, but just in general, like for instance, a patient that has a headache, well, I can collaborate as the physical therapist, like I was just telling you, with posture and exercises, stretches and things like that. And then our occupational therapist may have some ideas for just ergonomics. And our occupational therapist has recently been trained in aromatherapy. So we're hoping to pull that piece in pretty soon. They may meet with, obviously, with, with speech and talk about just different things with that can be helpful for them. Our nurse practitioner you know, may be something as simple as just prescribing melatonin for sleep or just different things. So we all collaborate together. You know, headache is one example. You know, we can talk about things like the VOC rehab. So some return to work goal. Well, hold on a second. Before,
0: yeah. before we get into that, I have a question mm-hmm. for you about sure. aromatherapy through telehealth. I know that's <laughs> well. not your specialty, but how does <laughs> that work? And I, I think aromatherapy <laughs> for headaches is a fascinating topic because I actually personally get migraines And whereas most people get a visual aura, I get an olfactory sense. I I start smelling something. Or for example, shampoo that I smell every day all of a sudden has like an overwhelming scent. So anyway, how does aromatherapy work for patients with headaches?
2: Yeah, so you're absolutely right. That's not something we can do over telehealth yet. (laughs) Who knows what the future will hold for us, right? You know, she's just recently been trained on that. So I don't know the whole protocol, but I know that she has different blends for different things. So I, I would like to learn more about that as well. It would have to be an in-person, but the kits can be, so maybe one session to come in, kind of learn about that, try out the different scents and blends, and then the the veteran could get that kit at home for themselves or get it for themselves. So it it may require one face-to-face visit, but then... Could be, okay. could be done. time, And then also another, as you're mentioning migraines, another thing that I do with veterans is something called a cephaly device. And so a cephaly device is a trigeminal nerve stimulator. And so that can be helpful for migraines. And the way that we converted nicely to telehealth with that is the manufacturer really shifted and, and really put up some great videos. So they have some videos of how to use it. So we talk just like we're doing about whether it's appropriate for them, make sure they don't have contraindications, you know, are they willing to use this device? And then I can order it from our prosthetic department, which is who does our ordering, have it shipped to the veteran's home, and then they can go ahead and watch the videos and have a follow-up with me over either either the phone or telehealth, you know, over video. So that's that's been great to do that. That's great. It's great to see that
0: continuity of care And I think we might have a future podcast episode on headaches. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people have headaches. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So then you were talking about voc rehab. Yeah, I was just thinking about how Laura had mentioned our supportive employment. And I think that that that's a really another great area that we collaborate if a veteran is interested in returning to work or even volunteering. Now, volunteering may fall under like occupational therapy may help them with that, but We recently had a veteran who really wanted to get into real estate and through supportive employment, they were able to help him get a little extra time to be able to take his exam. And so that's really the only accommodation that he really needed to help him get through that. And, you know, he's just very happy with that and doing well. And so we on the team all celebrate when, you know, something like that happens
1: for one of our veterans. Absolutely, And that that was a veteran that part of my piece in that was to work with them on study strategies to help pass that exam. You know, so they worked through some of the reasonable accommodations for the test taking. And I worked on some study skills and between our team, uh, he ended up passing his exam and getting his real estate license. And when he sold his first house, everyone celebrated. So but, oh. you know, it's, it's cool stuff like that, that we get to see that really functional outcome that's impacting our veterans.
0: Oh, that is awesome to hear about those positive outcomes. And now I wish this were a video because we're all smiling. You know, <laughs> 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 that just, it's so wonderful to hear about those success stories and positive outcomes and how you as a team can influence them.
2: I mean, I think it just kind of falls under that category of just collaborating together as a team and helping the veteran focus on what their goal is and then how we can support them in that most of our veterans are pretty high functioning. And so it's just helping them really improve their quality of life.
1: Mm -hmm. And I can say we have not only a full team, but Amy mentioned the aromatherapy. We have voc rehab. We have a lot of different services integrated into our team. So, you know, not only the headache management, we have musculoskeletal treatment. We have neuropsychological evaluation and cognitive evaluation and treatment. We have our audiologists who we're lucky to have an audiologist on our team. Most teams don't have an audiologist but you know she assesses for auditory processing disorder so we can do APD treatment in our clinic we have vestibular hypofunction interventions our nurse practitioner specializes in obesity management so we can offer that service to our veterans coming through the door i've mentioned our case manager so all of our veterans have access to case management We have biofeedback services. We offer in-clinic driving evaluation services, and then hopefully coming soon, we're going to restart our support group for TBI, and then also our occupational therapist is hopefully coming soon, working on virtual reality to integrate into treatment with our veterans. So not only discipline-specific services that everyone knows about, you know, we kind of collaborate as a team to figure out what kind of programming and what kind of medical services these guys would benefit from and of course you know every patient is different coming through our doors so just kind of cherry picking this might be of interest to you do you have time for this is this a priority right now and talking to them about their values and their goals and having them kind of lead the pathway through our clinic
0: well that Sounds like a whole health approach. Can you tell us what is the VA's whole health approach and how is it integrated into clinical care?
1: All right. Well, so uh, that was a good lead in there. Yeah. <laughs> so... The VA's whole health approach, our TBI clinic has really kind of jumped on board with treating the whole person. And it's an approach that supports the veteran in their health and well-being where they are and meeting them where they are and kind of going from there. And so it centers around what matters to the veteran, not what's the matter with the veteran.
0: I like that. Will you repeat that?
1: Sure. It centers (laughs) around what matters to the Veteran, not what's the matter with the Veteran. So important. It, it really is. And because we know if uh, the veterans are in charge of their health care and creating their own goals, it's meaningful to them and they're more likely to achieve those goals. On the flip side, if, if providers tell you you have to do X, Y, and Z, but you're not really invested in those goals, then, then you're not going to have great outcomes. And so, whole health is really letting the veteran lead the way. And so, the whole health just principle has four elements that they focus on the four elements are me meaning talking about the veteran what what's the veteran's values what are their goals the second element is self-care and I'll talk a little bit more about the kind of the self-care areas but we work with them on the self-care areas to help them empower the change that they need to be a healthier healthier veteran, healthier individual. The third element is professional care, talking about not just their medical care and the treatment that they receive at the VA, but also preventative health care. And then lastly, the fourth element is community. So the the people that surround them and the groups that they're involved in. And so within those four elements, I said I would talk a little bit more about self-care. There are eight different self-care areas that we all try to pull into our treatment. It's power of the mind, moving the body, surroundings, both physical and emotional surroundings, personal development, food and drink, recharge, family friends and coworkers spirit and soul did i already say power of the mind i was really <laughs> Yes, that's what I started with. I did this full circle, came back around. It's so important. You should say it twice.
2: It
0: is.
1: Well, let's talk about power of the mind. All right. I mean, and so, you know, our whole health programming at the Cincinnati VA, we have a lot of really cool resources, including meditation and Tai Chi yoga. We have support groups, health education groups. We have nutrition groups. We have a healthy teaching kitchen that our dietitians do cooking demos and teach new recipes. That's, oh, that's really cool. Excellent. Yeah. We have a writing group and poetry groups. There's a new drum circle that just started, so musical groups. There's all kinds of really cool wellness activities and groups that our veterans can get involved in. But with us in particular, seeing a patient on an individual basis, you know, just for example, I might be seeing somebody for organization or executive function and talking about, all right, you know, let's make sure that when you go to the grocery store... You're not forgetting any items on the back end like you're reporting that you always do. So how are you organizing your grocery list? Let's categorize that. Are we going to categorize by aisle, food groups? What are we going to do? But while I'm talking about that, I will say, what kind of foods are you eating? Do you have any nutrition goals? And talk about the food that they're buying just within that. So that's bringing, you know, the food and drink and the nutrition into into my treatment. And that's something that I I can help him achieve as well as not forgetting items at the grocery store. (laughs) So, you know, if everyone on their team kind of works in that whole health mentality, the veterans really see a more positive outcome with everyone kind of focusing on their circle of health. Well,
0: that's excellent. I do have a question about community and the people that the veteran is surrounded by and the families, how are the families incorporated?
1: Right. So we really strive to make sure that the veteran and their caregiver or family members that they want involved in their care are involved in their care. And one thing that we really encourage is community reintegration. And so getting involved and getting out in the community and socializing. And so that's a part of our interdisciplinary care plan as far as when we meet as a team talking about not only the veterans goals and how we are supporting them, but do we need to involve the caregiver in some of these decisions? Does the caregiver need to come to the next appointment? Or you know, do we need to get the wife on the call to, to get her involved if, if the patient would like that? So we're always looking for ways to engage the caregivers or family members of our veterans. Excellent, so excellent. Thank we you. have a CBTI program, which is Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia. And I think I'll let Amy take this one and talk a little bit about that. Sure, especially
2: when it comes to headaches. I mean, I think one of the most important things when I talk to veterans is just asking them about their sleep because there are a lot of people that aren't getting enough sleep. And I'm sure we're included in that sometimes, but you know, when it's on a regular basis of not getting enough sleep, that's going to affect a lot of things. And so, you know, I talked to them really kind of building that reason why it's important because some people it's almost like a badge of honor. Oh, I can get by on a few hours of sleep or I don't need sleep, you know, and that's just not true. It's just a very important part of your health. And so kind of just starting to build that foundation of how important sleep is, talking about it, and then segueing into the resources that are available for that. So through the whole health program, there is um, the CBTI, which is the Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia. That itself is actually a kind of developed in research-based treatment. So it involves some um, couple tiers to that, like stimulus control, which basically helps to eliminate the association between the bed and bedroom with in wakefulness and then sleep restriction, which is kind of initially reducing the amount of time spent in bed. So it's kind of a whole protocol. But if they're they're interested in that, then we can get them keyed into that. And that's that's a program they go through to complement it and an app that they can use. So when they're in Treatment for that, they can follow along with the app. But then, there are also just other apps that aren't maybe don't feel ready to go through the whole CBTI program, but you're interested in exploring a little bit more. There's an insomnia app. There are other things. There's a whole bunch of resources. So, for our listeners, you know, we we posted those resources. I would encourage everybody to just go check it out because it's not just for veterans, and there are so many great handouts and things that can really be helpful. I mean, even just talking about, you know, sleep hygiene and just relaxation and things like that. So the the website is just full of, I mean, there's so many resources there. It's It's really uh, pretty amazing. And can you tell us which website that was? Yeah, www.va.gov and then it's slash wholehealth. And I think we have a link there in the resource page. Yes, yes. But yeah, once you're on there, you can just click all through it. And just there's different PDFs and things. And these
0: resources are available to anyone. You don't have to log in as a veteran. No.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I believe, so the, the VA has an app store where apps can be downloaded, but I think they're also for civilians. So you do not have to be a veteran to download the veteran app for insomnia or anything like that. So there's a wealth of stuff there. Mm-hmm. So appreciated. Yeah, definitely. I, I look through it myself and I'm like, oh, wow, wow. I'm always finding something new. <laughs> it's, it's really great. And and then back to what you were talking about with community, too, you know, that is one of the things that emphasizes just building relationships. And so maybe the person's not, you know, currently going through relationship counseling or anything like that, but just there's just some tips on there of how to just build better relationships, which I think everybody can benefit from.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's great to know that those resources are available for veterans and for the rest of us as well. Yeah.
2: And then when we talk about relationships, I, I have a strong relationship with my dog. So <laughs> yes, pets, you do. <laughs> pet, yes, I do. Spike, Spike the pug. And um, so I am just so excited with what Laura is doing with pets and veterans. Laura,
1: would you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. You know, again, this falls under kind of our whole health category because a speech pathologist working to get veterans to foster pets doesn't <laughs> doesn't seem like, you know, your traditional speech pathology treatment. But what I've done is I have partnered with a local nonprofit organization that rescues cats and dogs for as pets, not therapy. Pets, not uh, service animals, but just purely pets.
0: And do they rescue them from individual homes or would they go to... Any type
1: of uh, rescue organization. Okay. Okay. It's usually an organization, but there are some homes that surrender their animals and they will take them directly. Okay. They foster these pets and they train them specifically for families of children who have chronic or terminal illnesses in order to be placed in those children's homes. So the one thing that they're always saying they're short on is foster placements. And I said... In my treatment, I have a hard time figuring out how can I get my veterans to actually engage more in the community? How can I get them to exercise more and socialize more and get out there so they can utilize some of the cognitive strategies <laughs> that, that we're going exactly. over. And so there there are so many benefits. I think anyone who has a pet can tell you just the non-scientific benefits of having pets. But the CDC does actually list you know, decreased cholesterol, decreased blood pressure, decreased triglyceride levels, decreased feelings of loneliness. You'll see an increase in exercise and outdoor activities, an increase in socialization. And so I don't think I have to convince anyone that interacting with with pets is good for your health. And so we're offering veterans, this is just starting up and kind of just in the works, but our plan is to offer veterans free classes on how to train the animals and then also, you know, just fostering classes. So, these uh, veterans can foster the animals that can be placed in the children's homes. And that really, you know, it ticks a lot of boxes for the veteran, not only all the health benefits that I just mentioned, but also some of these veterans, after they're discharged from active duty military service, kind of feel like they don't have a meaningful activity or they don't have a, a goal or, you know, what are, what are they doing? And some of the veterans are, are young and are medically retired. And so, you know, what, what do you do if you're 30 and you're retired? You know, getting them to reach out or get involved in volunteering or getting a hobby or something like that can be difficult. But I, I think this is a really good option. And for, for some of our veterans to get engaged and feel like they're, they're really doing good and have a meaningful activity to participate in. And so I'm really excited about this moving forward with this nonprofit and starting up with some of our veterans. I already have some, some interested patients who kind of are jumping at the bit to, to not only foster the, the animals, but also provide for the children in need.
0: Oh, that's great. Everyone wins there. So were you just aware of this organization? And then you, because you're a creative SLP, made the connection?
1: So it was another SLP who actually, she's our innovation specialist for our facility for this. Oh, excellent. (laughs) And we have a contact who is a board member of this nonprofit who, and, you know, it was just kind of over coffee and a casual conversation that we were like, oh, this, this would be a really great thing for your organization and our organization organization and our veterans and our innovation specialist has encouraged us to apply for um, some funding in order to get it up and going, which we got awarded. So it's just kind of an exciting pet project, excuse, excuse the pun. But. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well,
0: it sounds very innovative. So when you say apply for funding, so you were able to
1: apply for funding through the VA? Yep, through the VHA, so the Veterans Health Administration Innovation Ecosystem. So it's a whole department that supports innovation and innovative ideas through the VA. And there's been a lot of really cool programs to come out of that and actually go into clinical practice or even inventions of, you know, somebody just has an idea. So there's a lot of really cool stuff going on within the innovation ecosystem.
0: Well, that is so exciting to know. Wonderful. Well, congratulations to you. That sounds like a really neat pet project and it's great to be part of something like that. Okay. So how does your program for patients with mild TBI differ from your program for patients with moderate to severe TBI?
1: Veterans coming into our program with mild TBI, we use the rehabilitation care model. So the interdisciplinary team treats them and discharges them. And so that's kind of the rehabilitation care model, right? So they come in, they're rehabilitated, they're discharged. Through the TBI model systems, we have seen some longitudinal studies that um, identify our moderate and severe patients who have had inpatient rehabilitation stays, they start to lose functional gains and start to lose some of their independence as time goes on. And so, after looking at that, it kind of came to fruition that the chronic disease care model is more appropriate for veterans with moderate and severe TBI. Okay, okay. Can you repeat that, the chronic? The chronic disease care model is more appropriate uh, for veterans with moderate and severe TBI.
0: Versus a rehab model. So really a paradigm shift in the way that you're treating them.
1: Exactly. And so it's it's a lifelong issue that we would like to keep track of and that it's it benefits the veterans to make sure that they don't have that loss of functional gains that they had initially when going through treatment and also to try and catch any issues that might arise. And so in order to do that, we see them at least annually in our clinic. Our nurse practitioner or MD will see them at least annually and also our case manager will reach out to them annually to see if there's any needs or if they need to re-engage in anything or if they need any social supports or anything like that. So, so, that's just kind of, it was exactly that, a paradigm shift of care. And we're already seeing benefits to a lot of our moderate and severe patients in order to catch problems, you know, that we can treat before they become bigger life-altering issues.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it must be good for the veterans to know that they have that yearly appointment and a team behind them that they're not discharged and kind of out on their own. Okay. Well, another thing that we wanted to touch base on was post-traumatic stress disorder, and that is often a comorbidity with TBI. So how does the interdisciplinary team work with patients who have both PTSD
1: and TBI? The majority of our patients, I would say, and Amy, you can, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I would say the majority of our patients coming uh, into c s do have p t s d as a comorbidity and We strongly encourage mental health services. We have a a host of mental health services at the VA. That's something that I think the VA does leaps and bounds over better over the private sector. And our veterans really need that specialized mental health service. And so most of our folks are getting some sort of outpatient mental health service, be it for anxiety, depression, PTSD, other mental health issues. And then if they do have mental health issues that require more intensive care, we have a PTSD residential programs in the Cincinnati VA. And so, it's hosted at our Fort Thomas division across the river um, in Kentucky, but there are three different PTSD programs, and one of them is specifically for veterans with PTSD who have a TBI. And so, That's cool because they have – I mean, the whole focus is for them to – treat their mental health condition, but they have services, supplementary services, including speech pathology, and physical therapy, nutrition, some of the whole health services that I had already mentioned. And, you know, the speech pathologist's job over there is to really support their learning and understanding and comprehension of their PTSD treatment. And, And so that's a really cool, unique program for our veterans here in Cincinnati.
0: And what is the average length of stay in that
1: program? It's a cohort admission, and so it's a seven-week program.
0: Okay, and how large is the cohort?
1: So it it traditionally is 10 veterans at a time admitted to a residential program, but because of COVID, they've had room arrangements and things like that. So I'm not exactly sure what their uh, number they're admitting right now is. Okay. Okay. But it would be 10 or less. Mm -hmm. 10 was the max that they took before.
0: Well, that's so good to know that that's available to our veterans who really need it. It really is so exciting for me. You know, I've lived in Cincinnati for several years now, and I've known that the VA was doing great things, but I'm learning so much through the two of you about all the great services that you're providing for our veterans. So thank you. So informative. All right, well, let's switch gears a little bit here. So being HIPAA compliant, of course, and not revealing any personal information, can you describe a positive outcome of a patient who is treated by the interdisciplinary team with the whole health approach? And I know we've kind of talked a little bit about that, but if we could get a little bit more in depth into a couple case studies.
2: Sure. I'll, I'll start us off with one. Again, we're kind of going back to headaches, but that is a large population. And since I'm starting it and I see a lot of that, we'll start with that. But We had a veteran, a 30-year-old male. He sustained mild traumatic brain injury from a blast exposure while overseas. And so his complaints were headaches and just some memory concerns, just maybe some mood issues as well. And so he was referred from our MD to both Laura and I. And I started off with him just digging into his headaches a little bit further to see because people can have more than one type of headache. So, he was having daily headaches, but then also having migraines on top of that. Pretty averse to having medication. So, we talked about the cephaly device, which I think I touched on a little bit earlier, but a Cephali device is used for migraines, and he was really interested in that. So, I trained him on that and sent that to him, but then dug a little bit deeper into these daily headaches that he was having and definitely found out that wow. he wasn't sleeping very much. And so kind of had, as I kind of talked about a little earlier, that, uh, you know, it's it's okay. I don't need to sleep. I'm fine. I can get by without sleep. But, you know, really, <laughs> you well, can't. And, having a warrior mentality, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's where it just kind of takes some education and listening skills and really just supporting and, and seeing where he's coming from. But then also offering on the flip side of, hey, if if we could increase your your sleep and get you a better quality of sleep, you're going to get more oxygen to your brain. That's going to be helpful for your headaches. It's going to be helpful for your mood. It's going to be helpful for a lot of things. So he was interested in that. So I got him sent to the Whole Health program. There is a consult that we can place and send them to the actual program so that he could start engaging in that. Now, it did take a couple tries for them to reach out to him to get him scheduled because sometimes people are hard to get a a hold of. But that's one thing I think the VA is really good about is not just letting people fall through the cracks. So at the Cincinnati VA, we're really good about following up with phone calls from our schedulers and things like that. So that
0: is so good to hear because it would be easy for people to fall through the cracks if they're not really sure that they want the treatment. Exactly. So it makes a difference when you have that, you know, follow up phone call. Well, maybe this is
2: worthwhile. So anyway, so
0: he went to the program. Yeah.
2: And then also I, I gave him just, you know, he's carrying a lot of tension in his neck. So some stretches and things that I thought were going to be really good for him. But as I followed up with him, he maybe wasn't remembering to do these exercises <laughs> or maybe it wasn't priority. I don't. I think it was more the memory and things like that. So that's where Laura and I collaborated then. If he was doing these exercises more often, I think he'd get the benefit from them. So how can we work together on this to increase his adherence to that? So... Laura, what do you you think about that?
1: Yes. I get a lot of consults and this was one of them that's just kind of generic memory issues, right? And so what does that mean? There are all kinds of different types of memory, but specifically looking for functional improvements and coordinating with Amy to, all right, well, let's start with a schedule and actually put times to do your exercises on your calendar set alarms for them. Let's talk about that. Oh, wait, you use three different calendars. Why are you doing that? Is your smartphone everywhere? Let's just consolidate to one calendar. And so being able to actually just talk through some of those issues with the devices that he was using and what he was doing at work, I also found oh, you have a lot of just kind of working memory issues as far as being distracted at work, leaving your office and being like, I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know what room number I'm going to. All right. So how are we going to do that? Are we going to use self-talk? Are we going to use visualization? Are we going to write it down the information and take it on a post-it note with us? And so with him, it was a kind of a generic memory consult. And we were able to help with completing the exercises. But we also found out that, you know, work was kind of a mess. And we were able to implement a lot of organizational and memory strategies into his work life, which added to his work success and improved his performance evaluations at work. And that was an overall success because he not only was doing better at work, but then he was seeing some improvement in Amy's therapy as well. Well,
0: that's great. So it started off with the headaches, you realized that there was a sleep issue, and then a memory issue, and you were able to get it all the way into the work setting and have some positive outcomes there, all because you were using that interdisciplinary approach. So that is great to hear. Thank you for that example. That is just so exciting to hear about his success. So let's talk about, you've given us so many great examples of what the VA is doing. I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who are like, I would like to work at a VA. That sounds like such an exciting place to be where you can be so helpful for others. So for those interested in working for the VA, where would be a good place to start?
2: Well, USA Jobs is where we direct a lot of people to. So that has a posting of VA jobs nationwide. So not just within our area, but all over. I would say this, I have students ask or just out and about when people are asking about it. If you're flexible and willing maybe to to live in a different area, it's, it's just hard to know when the Cincinnati VA would be hiring, but another VA may be hiring. So if you're willing to move and live somewhere else, you have a better chance at that.
1: Yeah, I think there there are probably about five VAs. We've got Cleveland, Columbus, Dayton, Chillicothe, Cincinnati, and Ohio. And every VA has what we call C box, which are community based outpatient centers. And it's exactly that. It's an outpatient clinic that's associated with the VA location that veterans can go to and get care that's Probably closer to them than coming into the main hospital building. And so we do have many, many VAs. I don't know the exact number I think nationwide. it's 150 or maybe a little bit more. I was, was going to guess around there. Yeah,
2: that sounds about and right. And then like
1: over a 1,000 with the C box, but
2: give or take a couple hundred. I'm not 100% sure.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you. Well, that's good information. And the C box, those are the satellite clinics, but what does that stand for?
1: It's community-based outpatient clinic.
0: Okay. The VA loves the acronyms, right? Oh no. We had had to spend a little time deciphering some of the acronyms when we were preparing. So kind of fun. All right. Well, speaking of fun, what is, if each of you could answer this, what
1: is your favorite aspect of your work at the VA? Oh, the veterans hand down. They are just the best population to work with. And it's really rewarding just to be serving America's heroes and just the stories you get to hear and the individuals that you get to know through working with them. It's it's just, I really, I really truly believe that the VA is the best placement ever.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. And you've worked there your whole career, right? From 2007 on. Yes.
1: Amy, how about you? Same thing.
2: I mean, I know it's going to sound cliche, but it really is the veterans. And it is just so amazing to listen to their stories. And there's such a wide range of ages, too. And I love that. So, you know, we're seeing people twenties all the way up to their nineties. And I think that I'm not sure where else you can do something like that. And also our women veterans as well. You know, we have a lot of great women veterans. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, best thing about it is working with veterans. Second best is co-workers because we have some really great co-workers and the team. I mean, I'm just so grateful to be in this team. Yeah, we have a really great team. The VA supports like, like Laura was talking about, just with innovation and things. I mean, they're always supporting the latest and, and pushing us to kind of find what the latest is too. So,
1: and we are a, a teaching facility, which is a perk. So, we have a lot of trainees coming through, and that's something that I really like having trainees and mentorship opportunities. And that kind of circles back to if you're interested in getting your foot in at the VA, starting as a trainee, you know, in speech pathology, a master's level trainee, or we offer fellowship opportunities typically one or two a year that are just year placements just to complete your speech pathology fellowship. That's a way to kind of get started in the VA system.
0: Okay. So for speech language pathology students, they could do a summer clinical externship at the VA, as well as their clinical fellowship year?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have application processes in place for that, that we put out typically every year and every rotation. So it's an interview process that they would go through for both the master's externship placement and then the year-long clinical fellowship placement. Okay. And
0: is that how you started, Laura, with the VA?
1: It is. I was a clinical fellow at the VA, and I was looking at the Dayton VA and the Cincinnati VA because my husband was active duty Army at the time I was looking and just getting discharged. And so veterans hold a special place in my heart, and I uh, was trying to get in with a VA, and I was lucky to find the clinical fellowship opportunity. At the VA. And it was right when the polytrauma system of care was coming up in the VA and TBI was my specialty. So I kind of started from scratch and started building the speech TBI program. And after my year was over, proved my worth and (laughs) was hired on full time. Well, that is great. Well, congratulations on such an exciting
0: career with the VA. And how about you, Amy? Did you start, I know physical therapy, their structure is a little bit different than speech language pathology.
2: But I would agree the same, a way to kind of get your foot in the door is to do a student rotation. So in physical therapy, we do that where we do clinical rotations. And so we spend you know 12 weeks while you're still a physical therapy student and so those students would have a little bit more preference for hiring and then we do a post so after you've become a physical therapist if you're interested in going into an area of specialty, then you can do a residency. So there are several residencies throughout the VA and my area is neurology. So I'm actually the clinical director of our neuro residency for physical therapy. And so that also is another way to get involved and be able to get a job in the VA.
0: Excellent, excellent. And how long have you been working for the VA? I started the same year that Laura did. So oh. this time will be 15 years. Yeah. Well, congratulations yeah. to you <laughs> as you. well. You. All right. So is there anything else that you would like to share with us today? We've covered a lot of ground.
1: We have, <laughs> We have. And we were thinking that along Veterans Day, if you know of any veterans, just think of ways to get them engaged in your community or reach out to them and thank them for their service. And just veterans are the coolest people to talk to. The stories they'll tell you. I could just sit there and listen to stories all day long. (laughs) But yeah, definitely try and support them within your community if you do know some veterans. I would agree. I think
2: thanking a veteran for their service, it might seem like a little thing, but it's really important. And I think it means a lot to veterans. So just thanking them for their service, maybe asking them a story. And like Laura said, just finding ways to get involved, maybe even getting involved in your community somehow. Look what area that you're in and are there certain organizations that support veterans doesn't have to be through the VA, but just there's a lot of organizations that support veterans. So try to get involved in that.
0: Okay, excellent. Good advice. And one more thing, you guys gave us a great handout with some resources, and we've touched upon them a little bit, but if you wouldn't mind just letting our listeners know what is on that. Now, that handout will be available at speechtherapypd.com, and it'll be attached to this course or episode. But for anyone who is interested in the VA, most of these resources are actually on the VA website, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. But if you would just go ahead and mention what those are, that would be great.
1: Absolutely, so the first resource is the Cincinnati VA Medical Center's homepage. It's it's just go there to get information about our local VA, the services we offer, phone numbers to call the VA. The second resource is the VHA Polytrauma System of Care. And so, like I mentioned initially, Cincinnati is a support clinic in the polytrauma system of care, which is a national integrated service of care. And so that's more information on just polytrauma services in general across the nation. All the different polytrauma sites are listed on that website. And there's some good educational information too for not just veterans, but for anyone who had sustained a brain injury and also caregivers and family members. The third resource, and it's actually two resources here under the third heading, it's our VA DoD clinical practice guidelines. And so the first one listed is management and rehabilitation of post-acute mild traumatic brain injury. This is a really great document that provides clear, comprehensive evidence-based recommendations to incorporate into practitioner's practice for critical points in decision-making when somebody comes in with a mild traumatic brain injury that's post-acute patient. And so this is also gives a lot of information on the evidence behind the treatments that we provide within our clinic. And these guidelines, in addition to clinical decision-making are really what makes up our assessment planning treatment within our clinic and helps to improve outcomes for our veterans. And then similarly is the next clinical practice guideline. It's the primary care management of headache. And so, this is the VA DOD's CPG for headache management. And then lastly is, which Amy touched on a little bit earlier, the VHA Whole Health website, which has a lot of resources on Whole Health. Again, not just for veterans, anyone can access all of those resources. And lastly, I did put the VA mission on here to fulfill President Lincoln's promise to care for him who should have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan. And we like to add veterans, their families and caregivers as well.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Well, Amy and Laura, thank you so much. This has been so informative and to know that our country is providing such great services to our veterans. And thank you for the work that you do with them every day. We truly appreciate the information you provided about the interdisciplinary team approach to TBI polytrauma to focus on optimizing patient outcomes. The integration of the VA's whole health approach to help each veteran with what matters to them is so important to those who have served. And again, we just really appreciate all that you do.
2: Thank you so much for having us. Yes,
0: thank you. Well, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for joining us here at Keys for SLPs, providing keys to open new doors to better serve our clients throughout the lifespan. Remember to go to speechtherapypd.com to learn more about earning Ash's CEUs for this episode and all podcasts offered by speechtherapypd.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Mary Beth Hines. Keep up the good work.